the next one's personal growth. Like, do you have a desire to continue to develop yourself and push yourself to your full potential? Mm. That's a huge turn on for me. 100%. The next one is, do you have a purpose in life? You've got to be in pursuit of something, right? People are looking for like multidimensional, all encompassing people. So you got to have goals, a sense of direction, some sort of meaning or purpose that you are constantly in pursuit of. I think that that probably is one of the most important things. Meaning purpose direction. Because I think it leads to you wanting to get yes. better in order to achieve your purpose mm -hmm. or your mission. And so being a mission-driven person, I think is yeah. probably the most attractive thing that person can do. Yeah. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. And we're the Copelands. We are entrepreneurs, parents, business and life coaches. Lifelong learners and so much more. On this podcast, we share some of our best and worst experiences. <laughs> From raising kids to building businesses or having a career you always dreamt of, we tackle it all. And all the funny moments in between. Look, life can be a challenge and sometimes you just need the right friends to help you push through. Pushing you to the right mindset and perspective that shifts life in your favor. So if you're like us and you're always looking to grow, laugh and dream big, this is the place for you. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle. I'm Eddie. How you doing? Hey. Hey. <laughs> what's happening? Uh, what's you have a what? You have a quick what in the world? A quick, quick um, fashion in a hurry. I do, but it's kind of about the episode that we're talking about today, and I would yeah. need some time to find it. Okay. But <laughs> do you have one? Um. I, I did. Um, so what was I? Oh, I do. Go ahead. I have one. So it's kind of silly, but there's um, there's a post that went viral that I saw on Instagram. And basically, it's an invitation to a wedding. Mm -hmm. And it says, we're so overjoyed and excited to extend a heart heartfelt invitation for you to join us on our special day as we celebrate our, our uh, love and union commitment, blah, 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 blah. In lieu of traditional wedding gifts, we kindly request that you contribute towards the cost of our reception. This will allow us to share a wonderful meal together and create lasting memories and, you know, celebrate our love, blah, 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 blah. The cost per adult is $40 and for children under 12, it's $20. To facilitate the planning process, we kindly ask that you... Include your contribution when you RSVP. This will help us, you know, blah, 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 blah with numbers. Please note that your payment can be made by transferring it directly to our bank account listed below. <laughs> and so the question is, is this tacky or is this practical? Yeah, it is completely tacky. Okay, um, so there are thousands of, there are 7,913 responses to this. Right. So. <laughs> so basically you're, you're you're inviting people to basically pay for their dinner and right their hey y'all want to come to our wedding yeah, it's but, gonna be 40 dollars <laughs> and so you know a couple of things i go to vote because there's this thing on instagram where you can post something but then you ask for a vote right and so the two things that you can vote it's tacky or hey this is a cool thing right, right. and so i'm like tacky right 100 percent. okay then I realized that the bulk of the people in the comments are voting like, this is kind of cool. Like you, we want to basically like disrupt the norm and be more practical. You could call it that. You could call it that. Right. And so then people are like, well, then you get serious people. Like you want to come join our celebration. You got to pay well, to you play. Know, you know what? You know what? Then if I'm, if I'm doing that, then I got expectations. Okay. Okay. If I'm going to your also, wedding and I have to pay my on. way. It says, it's forty dollars per person, which includes the dinner buffet. <laughs> <laughs> so you trying to do a buffet, and you want me to pay forty dollars? And I'm supposed to give you a wedding gift? So it's a yes and no. So it says in lieu of oh, wedding gifts, God. we just pay for the right, right. So it's like you have to really have a conversation about: is this something we want to go to? Like because we would we would bring a wedding gift. You right. and I are going to three weddings this year, right? Big mm -hmm. important weddings. 
and we're bringing a wedding gift. Right. And if they said, don't worry about a gift, just bring $40 a person or actually transfer it to our bank account ahead of time. So we could pay for this. So thing. technically you wind up saving. Right. And that's what the responses are in the comments. Mm. Technically it's a bargain. Right. Oh God, but it just It's just feels, how does it feel, right? It feels like I'm paying for dinner. Well, you are. Right. Oh, that I is know. exactly what you're paying for. hundred percent. And your expectations out the window right. because it's just But when I when I go somewhere and I pay for dinner, I choose what I want to eat. Yeah, bro. This is not right. a Michelin so five star <laughs> restaurant. So so basically I pay and it is a blind like menu. I don't know what I'm I'm actually getting. Right. It's a buffet. Right. No. But you wouldn't, we wouldn't not go. We wouldn't go, but I, I, I do think. But it think would be it, a topic on the podcast. I, I, 100% I'd be like, okay, so we have to pay our way for this, this um, wedding. And yeah. we didn't get to choose anything. So, like, I, I just find it really but odd. But think like, about you're, how I, petty you're being, though. Me? Well, yeah, because, like, hey, you guys were going to show up. If we go to a wedding, we're going to bring a solid gift, right? Like, right. A, we usually give money because we know when we got married we were but broke, what, let's we just say money. let's just say you are right people who are just not in a place to do but wait, that wait hear me out like you're coming to a wedding you would normally bring a gift right, right. there are some shady people who are just hey i can't afford to bring a gift okay well you can afford to come celebrate our love and eat our food right mm -hmm. so they're saying keep your gift don't worry about showering us with gifts we want you to be present well, we also want you to pay for it. Right. And so technically for us, it'd be a bargain. It cost us 80 bucks to go to a wedding. No gift. The issue with me is I would feel still compelled and obligated to bring a gift. Mm -hmm. Because I would know that you're asking me to pay for my food. So things are kind of tough. Was this optional? Did I miss that part? What do you mean optional? Is it, if I go and well, I say. Every time you get a wedding invitation, honey, it's optional. Oh, to I attend. know it's optional, but I'm saying is it optional for me to do I have to pay? Like if I say I don't have $40, I actually wasn't going to give you a gift at all. I was just going. Well, then your broke ass can stay home. <laughs> but I was thinking, okay. It's not an option. It's like this is on gifts, their wedding are invitation. Gifts mandatory at a wedding. Okay. Yes. I would say that the, the You're bulk... missing the point. No, no, no. Here's my point. Leave me out. I'm thinking the majority of people that go to weddings mm -hmm. do not bring a gift. Mm. They bring a card and wishing Google them well. I, I think they bring a card with money, though. I don't think they bring gifts. And also now it's like, here's our registry. It's online. What's the average, what's the average gift amount? I mean, I bought a really expensive gift for my cousin the other day. But and I'm thinking it gets shipped and it was like, Would you like us to notify her now? No, her wedding's not for a month and a half. Like I'm thinking the average gift size is sixty bucks. For a wedding gift? I'm thinking it is. I think it depends on the crowd. Well, all right. Well, I think that we that's We need to take a poll. What is what's a customary budget for you to give to a newlywed couple? For Most their people are going to say a hundred dollars or more. Well, I think that your gift should definitely cover. Oh, so the, here, this is an unlock for me. I look at it as weddings are expensive. We know this. Whatever your gift is, it should, the, the contribution, the gift should basically cover whatever it is that it costs to have you there and then some. That's my kind of customary rule. Okay. So you have a backyard boogie as a wedding. I'm going to give you a hundred bucks. Like, <laughs> If you have a really nice, you know, five star wedding and it's like sit down kind of I know it's a formal attire like type of thing. It's an expensive wedding. You're paying a lot to have us here to celebrate your special day. I think it warrants more money. Yeah. But now that I say it out loud, it should be the opposite. Like if you're having a backyard boogie for your wedding, they you need, need the money. The money <laughs> right. Yeah. Like we had a baller on a budget Spe wedding. So speaking of money and, and we'll get to the episode, okay. but my what in the world is this. So this guy um, takes $10,000 out of his bank account mm -hmm. and basically follows some young lady on OnlyFans. Okay. And goes and uses that $10,000 and that is the cost to meet her. Mm -hmm. Right. So he says, hey, I'm going to give 10000 bucks to meet her. In this meeting, he gets a hug, right? And it was posted on Twitter because- Is she a porn star? Is she- I, I don't know. So, uh, you know- there's people on, what is it? OnlyFans? Only fans. There's people on OnlyFans that have like foot fetishes, whatever. <laughs> but if she's like 
I was going to say Jenna Jameson, but she's old. We were talking about her. Um, um, but if you're I, a I'm porn assume, star. I'm assuming that she's on OnlyFans either. But is she a teacher? I, is she? I, she's doing something sexual, I'm assuming. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know what happens when you assume, but okay. <laughs> right. But I'm assuming. And so I, I was just like, this is crazy. So he posts, the, the, you know, he, he posts, he posts, hey, I got $10,000 for a hug. And then she oh, he posts, was disappointed. Right, right. He, I, no, I don't know what if he was disappointed or I not. Need the, I needed the details. This story has holes in it. So th- was it, hey, $10,000 and I'll go on a date with you? Was it? No, it's $10,000 for a meet and greet. Oh, a meet and greet. Right. Okay. So I'm going to be 10000 hey, What's up? <laughs> nice to meet you. Here's 10000 Nice to meet you. I follow you on OnlyFans. I love your page. I love the work that you're doing. Okay. You know, I think you're really talented. Uh-huh. Whatever that conversation looks like. Perfect. He gets a hug and it's done. Okay. Right? So then she proceeds to post that she's with her actual boyfriend mm-hmm. using the $10,000 to go on vacation. <laughs> So the sucker. So, so the thing that was the most funny, which is always is the comments. So oh, the yeah. first comment I read is, bro could have used that $10,000, got a personal trainer, got his life together. And, and got probably- a better woman. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I, I, I thought it was just a, a, an odd thing. I was just like, why would you want to meet someone? Like, okay, you like porn, whatever. Mm-hmm. But are you really thinking I will spend anything just to meet this porn star? But meet? That's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm forking over $10,000, I want to know exactly what I'm getting. Right. You're getting a hug and a hello. And, okay, and, well, and, and, and a breakdown. I want a little something else. Well, you're talking about grand. something that's illegal uh, in the oh. state of California. <laughs> so, <Oops>. but, uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's a way to word it, isn't there? Uh, uh, snuggles and cuddles like i want yeah. i want to at least snuggle and cuddle if i'm giving you 10 grand so think speaking of snuggle and cuddles okay this episode is about <laughs> is it about snuggles and cuddles no it's what is this episode about you want to tell the people well i will gonna... but speaking of snuggles and cuddles i just have one more thing it'll kick it off and mm. um God, what is it? I need you to talk for a second so I can find it. Oh, here. I found it. Okay. So it says, among married couples, what percentage of married couples have oral sex at least monthly? At least monthly. Okay. So here are your, your it's a multiple choice. Okay. Okay. A is mm-hmm. 53%. B, 65%. C, 79%. D, 84%. So is your answer lower or higher? Of married couples, mm-hmm. <clears throat> what mm-hmm. percentage have oral sex at least once a month? Less, less than, less which, than fifty-three percent. Yeah. So you think it's the lower amount, right? It's actually eighty-four percent, which is the highest amount. So eighty-four percent of couples have oral sex at least once a month, right? Mm-hmm. In addition, eighty-eight percent of those married couples use oral sex primarily as foreplay, not even the main event. <coughs> So the okay. comments are like, who are these people? Mm. You know, there's no way that like that's that's that common. Like right. when you're married, it sucks, blah, 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 right. blah. And then there's the other side of the comments that are like, well, why would you have sex without oral sex? <laughs> and I'm kind of in that camp. Like, well, what would you do if you didn't? I, <laughs> how, how do you, how how do you get the party started? <laughs> I just. <laughs> right. And so I chose 84 because I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. so you got the answer right. I did. Oh. But I think I went based off of my preference. Well, I'm. And so, so people in the comments are saying, this is a lie. There's no way people do this. Right. And people are like, like me, like, well, why would, how so do you do it without? That's really great because I'm sharing that. I was sharing that book with you that I've been reading called mm-hmm. Everybody Lies. Right. And so this is about <laughs> big data. Okay. And so the author, to give some premise, he basically uses Google and data from like big data from Google searches from different various websites Mm -hmm. to actually find out how people actually behave because based on, based on his research surveys like that, Mm -hmm. people lie. They don't tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Case in point, people talk about how many times they have sex um, or the amount of sex they have in a a given time, Mm -hmm. whether it be a month. Uh And basically he says that most people are lying First of all, because of like what they search, 
So people mm-hmm. search like, why isn't my husband having sex with me? Why is my why is my wife you know not attracted to me? Right, and so that's a give some evidence or some data that maybe people are not having as much mm-hmm. sex as possible. Then people lie about how much protective sex they're having. Because yeah. the amount of protective sex that are being surveyed, the amount of people based on the algorithm and the, and the math that he did, there we don't even sell that many um, condoms. condoms. <laughs> and so, like this, he finds that the most Americans lie on surveys when they're being surveyed, and they try to. So his whole research is on big data, mm. and so I will tell you that's probably not accurate, and people probably exaggerate a little bit. Um, for whatever reason, to make mm. themselves feel better. I don't know. But that was interesting. Well, that's disheartening. Yeah. <laughs> you told me some other like facts from that book about like how people are lying about like what they're Googling and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Well, they just like what what things that people Google kind of tell you a, a, an interesting story about like about the truth, the truth, mm-hmm. right? Like what women search versus what men search when it comes to sex and when it comes to uh, what are different... some of your findings? Cause this episode's about relationships and I don't know, sex is a part of relationships. So right. So over, obviously findings? overwhelmingly um, men search, you know, Basically, they search, which is interesting, about the size of their penis, right? So it's not women searching the size, it's men. It's men. Women uh, overwhelmingly Mm -hmm. search uh, about the the scent or the odor of their vagina, (laughs) which is really interesting. So if you ever want to read this book, it's called Everybody Lies. Mm -hmm. And he breaks down, it's not just about sex, but it's about, you know, politics, race, everything. Everything. Um, But he uses big data to kind of um mm. you know prove out his thesis that people don't tell the truth uh and what actually do they tell the truth is what they is they search for privately mm. so he's getting the data from google he's it's getting like the, the data from slide, google but he also slide. gets it from other websites yeah. as well and so they say hey like what are people searching and so he compiles all that information and then he basically cross-references it from like surveys that have been done mm. uh, and finds that it's not very accurate. So men are sitting there with their rulers measuring right, their and, stuff and women are like, right. Why? The, how do I make my vagina smell better? Right. How do I make it taste better? That's another thing that people mm. search. Like it's really interesting. Yeah. Right. To know like what the truth is. Right. And he, and I, and I won't give up the book, but he, you know, he, I won't give up any more things, but he does also go to like sites like porn sites and see what women search for, Versus what men and that and I didn't is believe astounding. What you told me I was like, right. mm, I don't think so. But this is the data, right? Because n- the yeah, reason why you don't but... believe it is because no one would actually say it out loud, right? Know, and but... so, h- human beings are very different. They're very interesting. Like they say one thing, but they believe something different. So the, the ultimate premise was like it started because he was looking and analyzing it from a, from a political standpoint. How did Trump get um, mm. elected when so many people surveyed said that they would never vote for right. him? And so the data said something totally different, mm. right? So people, for whatever reason, when they're filling out a survey, even when it's anonymous, there is a social pressure right. to answer in a way that's more probably favorable or mm. more in line to what the crowd believes. Mm-mm-mm. Bunch of damn liars. Right, 100%. That's awful. Um, well, this episode is, um, it's brought to you by, it's brought to you by us, but (laughs) the reason we're talking about like relationships and partnerships is because we have lots of weddings that we're attending this year. We've got a lot of, um, friends who are either going through relationship issues, single friends who are dating over 40. And so I'm trying really hard to get some relationship experts and like matchmakers on the show to give us some insight on how to score like a soulmate right right and so i i consumed quite a few like podcasts and uh youtube videos this week and there's just some interesting things that we thought that would be kind of cool to share but as a joke like yesterday i was um out to dinner with some girlfriends and one of them's single one of them's married and we were just talking about like dating in 2024 like I have this one friend that always is like, oh, my God, it's so scary. I don't want to be on dating apps. There's crazy people on there. Well, me owning the bakery for so long, I would say 85% of the couples that I made wedding cakes for were getting married and they found each other online dating sites, right? right? 
And so we have a different perspective of like, you know, the world and dating. And so she always dismisses my opinion, though, because I've been married for 20 years. And so she's like, yeah, well, you don't count. And I was like, OK, well, you don't know nothing. because right. you've been But here's the up. thing. <laughs> if heaven forbid I lost my husband and I had to figure out how to date in 2024, I would be on an online dating site. Mm-hmm. And because I think how else do you meet people these days, especially me? Like I work from home. I'm an entrepreneur. Like I'm, I'm and then the work that I do is mostly with women. And so I wouldn't meet men. Right. Yeah. And so I think you'd have to be online. And so we're talking about, yeah, but how do you weed through like the serial killers, this and that? And I was like, oh, you have an interview process. And like I said it so nonchalantly and she was like, what do you mean? You can't interview. I was like, yes, you can. Have you not ever been to a job interview and they do situational interview questions? Tell me about a time when blah, blah, blah. Right. You're asking questions based on what characteristic or trait you want to uncover from that person. If they fall short on the story, then they don't have experience in that. And then that's a hard pass on employment. Right. That would be a hard pass on partnership. Right. And so we're laughing about it. And I was like, no, legit. Like there are certain things that are non-negotiables for me. And I would 100% like be crafting interview questions to figure out how to uncover if someone is a good fit for me. (laughs) (laughs) Am I crazy? No, I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting because we on the hills of the last couple episodes when we were talking about hormones and Mm -hmm. how those impact your relationships. you know, I think getting to know how people would handle certain things early on is important. Mm-hmm. The key is that they got to tell the truth. Right. And then like you've and got. According to your data, people don't tell the truth. The t- no, people don't tell the truth. So the reason why I think, which is interesting what you're talking about is because if you're asking a situational question, right. now they got to tell you about a past experience. Right. So she said to me when I said I would, inter- I would do an interview process, right? And I would expect any reasonable man who is like aligned with my values, growth mindset, all of this stuff, I would expect that he wants to know who the hell I am too. Right. My issue is you send your representative on a date. You do. So if I ask you, you know, do you believe in God? Do you have a deep spiritual connection, whatever? Oh, sure. Okay. Lies. Right. So my interview technique is more situational based. So, so, Tell so me about a time when. So what you're saying is if, if the lady that just pre- released her, who the hell, who the F did I marry mm, um, episodes yeah. would have used her question, she probably would have picked up on some holes in his story. Yeah. So I, <laughs> so wait, can you just tell everyone kind of what that is? Yeah. So if you haven't uh, heard or seen any, I'm pretty sure you have because the lady's gone viral. Mm-hmm. This lady, uh, I don't remember her name, but, I don't know her name so, but she pre- released there's like 45 episodes. It's, I think it's 50 episodes 57, of 10 minute. Yeah. You know, who the fuck did I marry mm-hmm. is the name of the title mm-hmm. on uh, TikTok. On TikTok. And she, she runs through like this entire story of being with this narcissistic man who lied about everything. And I haven't listened to the whole thing, mm-hmm. but, um, but you it, have it, employees. It, telling yeah. You people have been telling me about it. And then I've seen other like posts that people have, of them watching the video. Right. Right. And like how enthralled they are and, and, and everything that comes along with that, which is a really interesting thing that yeah, someone she got a like movie deal or a series. Is that a deal. rumor? Or is that real? No, it's real. That's crazy. And so people are like, girl, who cares? Like all this drama you're putting out there, like it, you know, I'm sorry you went through that, but it's also really great because right. now you're about to be paid. And so I was like, well, if he's a true narcissist, he wants recognition for this. Yeah, he will reveal himself soon. He is going to, <laughs> mark my words. And so um, it's an interesting thing, though. I wouldn't normally listen to something like that, but my friend Muna, who we golfed with on Saturday, was like, you don't know? It's viral. Oh, my God, it's like a series. You got to hear it. It's ridiculous. And I'm more like, I, I'm more in- interested with the comments. Right. And so, like, I did see a couple responses like, okay, girl, this is a crazy story, but it's not more crazy than mine. The <laughs> issue is you shared it, put yourself out there, wanted to be open to criticism, and I was too ashamed. Right. So I only told my stupid friends who made me feel even more dumb. And now I've got PTSD, I'm broke <laughs> and lonely. And so there are more women, I think, saying, oh, well, my stuff is way worse than this. But she was brave enough to put herself out there. Right, right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 
So, you know, shout out to her. But I want to share the 11 things like I did some research and like after listening to all these podcasts and stuff. So some of the world's most, um, you know, respected relationship experts, matchmakers, uh, things like that. They have 11 traits that they think are like foundational principles for long-term partnership success. And I think I added one more. Oh, I don't know. Let's see. So yeah. number one's communication, obviously open and honest dialogue. Number two is respect, particularly mm -hmm. like mutual respect, right? Valuing each other's opinions, boundaries, blah, 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 blah. Number three, trust and honesty. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to, we don't have to elaborate. Number four, are you drinking alcohol? Is that an alcoholic beverage? No, it's water. Have, this is not drink champs. No, it's water. <laughs> 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 what? Like drink champs with Noriega. Did you just change this podcast? No. Yeah. Hey, where is my drink? <laughs> you didn't order one. Okay. Um, number four is compromise, co finding common ground. Right. Number five is quality time, so prioritizing each other. Number six is independence, maintaining your own individuality, which I think is super important. Seven is conflict resolution, so healthy conflict management. Um, because no relationship is going to be problem free. Number eight is emotional support. Nine is intimacy and affection. So mm -hmm. maintaining physical and emotional intimacy. Ten is growth mindset. Growing together is ideal. Right. And eleven is shared values and goals aligning like with core values. And my, I would add twelve is sex compatibility. And I know that it says is intimacy and affection, but I also think that you can have intimacy and affection without sex. But okay. I think I think you have to. So I have a question about that. Okay. But before I ask the question, and the, well, the question in case I forget it is, how do you know if there's sexual compatibility until you do it? You got to right? run tryouts. Okay. <laughs> then going back to the smelly vaginas, <laughs> which you said women are googling. Uh huh. I saw this thing years ago and I had shared it with you where this um, doctor was saying that there are certain chemicals from a man and a woman that just do not mix. Mm. And she said, you'll know because it will create an odor and oftentimes you'll get some sort of infection. Oh. And I was like, wait, what? She said there are literal vaginas and penises that are not compatible. Like your fluids don't mix. And so it will create a bunch of discomfort for the woman. Wow. That freaked me out. I was like, oh, you're so lucky. We're supposed to be together. Wait, so you could go through all 11 of these and then, and then it's your chemicals <laughs> you're like, don't mix. We're perfect, but we don't. But you added it. You said sexual compatibility. Right. That 100%. Would be it. So if it's smelly yeah. down there after. Like, hey, our sex creates a toxic, a toxic chemical. <laughs> it's a toxic cocktail, and I just can't do this for the rest of my life. That is wild. But oh, yeah, it'd be even more wild if the sex was really great. And, and you just said, hey, you know, I just, uh, what mix. did that conversation sound like? I mean, maybe you find. I went to my like, doctor solutions. and my doctor said that, you know, we're not compatible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We can't mix fluids. Then do you like if he checks all the other boxes, do you like, OK, you said well, you could, yeah, you we'll use put a condom for Put him in the friend zone. No. <laughs> could you do that? Like have sex with your wife every single time and use a condom? Uh, no. Okay, so you didn't even lie about that because Google says that people say that they practice safe sex, but they actually don't. Wait, no, and you said my wife. I'm not going to practice. I mean, I would. You don't want to practice safe sex with your wife. <laughs> I, 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 but I'm just, to my to, it, based on your question. No, I don't want to practice safe <laughs> sex with my wife. I want to practice like real sex with my wife, and not like it's not fake sex if you use a condom. I mean, to some people it is. They like to you. No, I mean. <laughs> I was I watched someone that said it, it was some clip. Someone said, you know, if you if you're wearing a, it's not real. I'm like, uh, it is real. <laughs> if you're wearing a condom, right? They yeah. said you yeah. just said it's not. I don't want to have fake sex. I, I know I was being funny. Oh, right. But <laughs> now we're now we're serious. <laughs> I don't know. So you're adding number twelve. Well, here's what I did. I turned all of those traits though. Like if you're looking for someone who. Let's start with the first one. Someone you're looking for communication, right? You want a person. If you ask them on a date, I met you on Tinder or whatever they're called. And I, I want to know, are you a good communicator? If I ask you, are you a good communicator? You say, oh, yeah, I love yeah, I love talking. 
talking is my favorite thing. Yeah, well, I wouldn't ask you that. I would ask it in a situational interview format. So I'd say, can you tell me about a time that you had to discuss a topic, a difficult topic with someone you cared about? How did it go? How did you approach the conversation and what was the outcome? So that's a great, I, I love I love that question. Um, that's how I'd answer. Oh, that's a great question. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I mm -hmm. <laughs> but so really quickly, what are you looking for in that answer? I'm looking to see, like, how did you approach the conflict? I know, but what, what was the situation? Like, right. were you married? Were you like in a long term committed relationship? What was the outcome? I'm looking that to see if there was resolution on your part. Right. But also, like, what qualities are you looking for? So, for example, like, if you say, okay, tell me about a time when you had discussed something difficult. Like, did you acknowledge, did, you know, did I, did I, did you say, hey, I, one of the things I tried to do was I really tried to make sure I acknowledge that, hey, this is going to be a, a tough conversation or I went straight in. I, you know, I was, I, I believed to be transparent and just brutally honest. And so I was just like, you need to stop doing the this. The way that you're using your body <laughs> and the way that you're talking to me right now, you're far too aggressive. <laughs> you need to chill out on the testosterone. Right. Yeah. But I think you, you have to have a criteria in which you say, I'm listening for these things. Yeah, I'm listening for solid communication. What was your tactic? Right. Was it resolved in a friendly way, in a right. respectful way? So like respect, describe a situation where you disagreed with someone close to you or someone you were in a relationship with. How did you handle the disagreement while maintaining, or I wouldn't even say while maintaining respect for their perspective. Right. I would be looking for, was he respectful and did he value her perspective or did you say, hey, listen, sometimes you're just wrong. Right. But some people are not good interviewers. They're I mean, not. I mean, and some people are not but good interviewers. then I would know that you might interviewees, not. Right. So like, for example, like if I'm interviewing, if mm -hmm. I ask you that question mm -hmm. and you say, oh, yeah, I'm all the time in my last relationship, uh, we disagreed on all kinds of things, but we kept it real uh, respectful. Like I never called her out on her name. I never said any, like I always make sure that through the conversation she felt heard. Okay, great. Yeah, I have follow-up questions for all of these. Okay, what, what is the follow-up? <laughs> and the point is, it was a funny thing right. where I was saying I would be interviewing candidates, right? Just as the, if you are a top quality man, I would be expecting that I'm on interview too. Right. And so I think I could make it fun and be like, it's a fun date, but let's be real. Like, we don't need to waste all this time getting to know each other like the hard way mm -hmm. going to 10 different dinners to see if we're actually compatible let me just ask you some questions i'll answer them based on you know right like let's just be honest <laughs> i think i would be initiating honesty from the beginning now would you be reading these questions off like a, off your phone like, i mean if you felt comfortable with it <laughs> i have a few questions i'd like to go over with you right quickly. and I put my glasses on and kind of <laughs> drop down a scroll Oh, uh, all right. And obviously, it's a joke, but I do think that if you kind of massaged and finessed the questions, these are better a better way to uncover like if someone values compromise. Like, right. I want to be seen and heard in a relationship. So, like, are you the kind of person that works like through compromises? Are you? And I might even share stories like, so I have this friend that blah 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 blah. What do you think they should do in that situation? Like, I would just be so yeah. slick with it. Yeah. That's, I think, really yeah. good because I have a friend that's arguing right now with her husband. They've been not speaking for eight days. Right. What and are your if, thoughts on that? And if they say, if he says, I mean, sometimes it happens. I'm yeah. red flag. <laughs> I'm out. I won't be the one posting who the fuck did I marry videos. Like, right. Red flag. If you're just like, you know, off putting. Right. So I would probably slide a lot of that in. So you're saying like these questions should cut through the representative because yeah. the representative is superficial. That's what and you these do. questions you are through. like mm -hmm. deeper. They're going to make and like you have follow up questions and like you say, OK, well, if you think that they should not talk, like how do you feel like they're going to resolve the issue? Right. And he's like, well, you know, they'll just forget. And then they'll just start loving you know, each other at, way, on the 10th day. Another way to do it that could be fun. If you ever, if you remember when we used to watch This Is Us. Yeah. And Randall and his wife used to be like, okay, we're going to play the game real quick. And they would play out this whole worst case scenario. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it'd have to be like, but what do we do? <laughs> and so I would maybe start that in a date. 
Mm-hmm. Every guy that I dated, I'd be like, so I like to play this little game. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, okay, she's weird, whatever. But they're situational questions, right. like hypothetical. If this were to happen, what would you do? Go. Right. It could be a fun date. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I think so, too. I think it, it, it allows you to get someone. At some point, you get to see the real person. Yeah. And I think that if you get to the real person, then you can find out, are you truly ca- compatible? Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, like relationships either succeed or fail based on how people ha- handle the obstacles. Yeah. Right. And if they can handle the obstacles in a way that embodies all of these things, then I think you're going to be in a good place. Mm. But if you are not a good communicator and your answer to communication is shouting, yelling or silence. Uh, usually you're going to find that this relationship is not going to be very healthy. Yeah. Shouting, yelling, silence. I'm just not down for that. Right. Or disrespect. Mm. Right. And I think that one of the core principles we've always had is that, you know, we never want to say anything that we have to apologize to um, for mm-hmm. because we call, you know, we never call each other out of our names. We never insult each other. We never call, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. We see alive and well in a lot of relationships. Yeah. And we did that because we both had relationships where we were like, okay, what did you not like in previous relationships? We kind of did an interview process. What did you not like from your previous relationships that you do not want to bring into this one? Right. And we both said any form of disrespect. Right. I feel like you can't apologize, apologize your way out of, you know, feeling some type of way about someone. Like if you say something to me, that expresses your lack of control that you have to apologize for, it's unforgivable to me. And I don't understand the concept of intentional harm in a relationship where, you know, it's supposed to be loving. But that's the point, though. Everyone says, I did it out of anger. I didn't mean it. Well, okay, then that demonstrates a huge lack of personal accountability and control. And the only thing in life that you can control, you can't control me right you can't control what i say how i respond how i make you feel none of that stuff but you can control your response 100 percent. if you cannot control your own response then you have a lack of control lack of self-control i don't want to be with someone like and that in, in, let's you just can't say, be apologizing but, but not for every, hurting my feelings but i don't think everyone has a lack of self-control in those situations i think that people have control they just decide to use not exercise it. No, they decide to weaponize the words because you hurt me for whatever reason, whether mm-hmm. it be intentional or non-intentional. So I need to find a way to strike back. Oh, and yeah, so, a revenge. So, right, and so mm-hmm. it's vengeful right. communication yeah. where you say something that you know is going to trigger the other person simply because you felt hurt right. or your ego was bruised. And so I don't know, like some people, yes, you're but right. But I think if you surveyed people... And if people were guilty of saying out of pocket shit to a partner, right. which I have said, you maybe have said, I don't know. I've said it when I was pushed way too far. Right. And I've said it when I knew I wanted the relationship to be over and I was trying to be hurtful because that was the tactic being used with me. Right. And, you know, like when I said things that were hurtful, I knew I didn't want this anymore. Right. And so you're saying it to be mean and spiteful. And I'm drawing a line in the sand saying, I will never forgive you for this. So I may as well fucking destroy this too. Right. And so, but I think when people do that, they do it thinking not in the moment that they can't, they think they can apologize their way out of it later. You know, I'm sorry. You know, my, I got angry. I said things I didn't mean. I I feel like you can't take it back. There's no gives you backsies. (laughs) Nope. Well, I think you can, uh, the thing is, is you can take back what you said, but you can't take back what you were in trying, your, your intentions. And you can't and take back that, how it made me feel. Right. That's what I'm saying. Your, your yeah. intentions were to, to, hurt me. to hurt you. Right. And so I don't want to hurt you. Mm-hmm. If we're in a conflict, I'm trying to resolve the conflict. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get through it in a way that preserves our res- self-respect, preserves our respect for one another. But I think that that gets lost with a lot of, a lot of folks. And then the, on the up adverse of that, I think on the opposite end of that, you get no words. Mm-hmm. And so people just go into silence mm-hmm. because they think that that is the way to just resolve it. Because we can't use our words, we just will say nothing. Mm-hmm. But that says more. Yeah, I think so. To me, because it, it says that I'm not valuing our communication. And I saw this post the other day that said, like, people take for granted that you're not going to be with your spouse forever. 
like mm-hmm. they they will leave this earth mm-hmm. and the one thing you will always re- regret is the moments that you did not connect especially when like the person is taken suddenly or whatever the case may be no one says i'm so glad we had so many arguments i'm mm-hmm. so glad we were so we gave each other the silent treatment for the last two weeks. I'm so glad. Like, you're not going to have that. No, but I think playing devil's advocate, which I don't think is a solid way to communicate, but playing devil's advocate, I feel like if you're not, in, if you're in a space where you're practicing avoidance and you're just not talking to each other for two weeks, I think that that person in that would say, well, yeah, it's pretty fucked up right now, which is why. If, you know, my mom said, if you don't have anything to say, don't say anything. Anything nice to say, don't say it. Okay, well, I'm not saying anything <laughs> because I'm not ready. Right. And so you just said, don't disrespect you. Well, I have nothing to say then because I'm angry and I need some time to get over it. So you take your two weeks. I think the point is, is if that marriage or relationship continues to stay a partnership, at the end of their life, they're not going to be like, God, I really regret not talking to you for those two weeks. I don't think they're going to look back at that. No, but you would look back at you. You will look back at your relationships. And if this is a pattern, right, let's just say, you know, three, four, five times a year, you go a week, two weeks without speaking. That's a significant amount of time. That's a that's like a month of yeah. not talking. Right. Like if you really think about it and if you do that every single year and you're married for 20 years, like. Yeah. You you add up. You've went a whole year without speaking at one point. But the only <laughs> so, way you would regret that is if at some point you got better and you loved each other. And then now when he died unexpectedly, you're like, God, we lost so much time together. Right. Because you had now you have this self-realization. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying but is. But if he died is, and he was still a dick, you'd be like, oh, well. But I think for those who are listening, <laughs> let's just say you practice that. Mm-hmm. My thought process is this. We can all agree the fact is we have no clue if we're going to die tomorrow. Right. Not a single clue. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. We, we operate with a certain level of confidence and belief that tomorrow is somewhat promised, even though it's not. Mm-hmm. And so we behave that way in a lot of cases, which is natural. We mm-hmm. do a lot of things in life that we behave as if tomorrow is promised. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Fine. But I think when you are in a relationship and you, like today, for example, we spent the entire day together. We didn't do anything really. Mm-hmm. We just went to breakfast. But we never stopped talking. We never stopped talking. We laughed. We joked. We we sat in yeah. the hallway. We we talked about future. But we kept like I I, I sat back and I was like I really appreciate this today mm-hmm. because I was like you know I just hung out with my wife and yeah. we just enjoyed each other's company. Right. But you miss moments when you can actually get back to that yeah. and you don't get a lot of those moments. And so I think that if you would regret it if you said. The day my husband died was during a point we weren't talking. There are so many people right now that are probably listening or lived a life. And that that is their story. Like they died and we were in the middle of an argument. Well, I know a friend that practices this type of communication with her husband. Yeah. (laughs) But one in particular where I don't know that their marriage is actually going to work anyways. Like Mm -hmm. they're both like, nah, I don't know. And so they're practicing avoidance more because it's like, okay, well, it costs money to get a divorce. It's expensive. What happens to the kids? Like, so you're already at the point where you're like, okay, I don't even know how it's going to work anyways. So then it becomes a, well, we don't have anything to say. So we just kind of go through the motions and, and you've pissed me off. So I really have nothing to say to you. So these are not the same relationships, though. Like you're saying, I enjoy talking to you, but it's a different type of relationship. But then at the same time, then you're also wasting time. Well, I think that's what it is. Right. I am wasting precious time in my 40s or 30s or whatever when I I probably need to find another partner. Right. And I'm quick about like, yeah, I don't know. This this is not something that either of you is investing in. How about you just chalk it up and you just move on while you're young? (laughs) Like, honestly, because I because you're going to want that time back. Yeah. Like I I was watching the documentary of Bill Gates and he's and they were talking about the fact. Obviously, he's got 50 billion dollars in right in net worth. Right. It's a crazy amount of money. And so they said, like, money is not an issue for him. Money's not something he even thinks about. Mm-hmm. The thing that he thinks about is the thing he can't get more of, and that's time. Yeah. Right? And so at the end of the day, as we all get older, like, we start to look back and we say, God, I wasted so much time. Right. Or I want more time. And how do I get more time? But you can't buy it. Yeah. There's no reserve somewhere. And so I think that that, to me, is, is a big deal in a relationship, whether that relationship should end or that relationship is, is trying to continue. 
time is the is the uh, over under it's, it's the thing that is is the most important to the relationship because all we can think about is that we just want more time with yeah. each other right I, we mean, already, I literally was talking to my girlfriends last night about like we're in this place where we're empty nesters now we're having so much fun together and i'm at a point with you in our relationship where like now more than ever I feel like we're closer than we've ever been everything's better than it's ever been our communication like our love life everything and like the thought of not having you if something were to happen to you like I started crying I was like I don't want to lose him now more than I've ever not wanted to lose him because we've never been this good right and that makes me emotional, right? Like there were times I never wanted you to die, but there were times, <laughs> it was you know. Okay. I didn't want you to die, but it would be okay if you died. <laughs> I mean, in the beginning of our marriage when it was like, ah, it's kind of rocky. This is hard shit. I mean. I would have got like a week of mourning, but you know, it was going to work. Wasn't that great anyways? And then I'm on a dating app, right? <laughs> but now like the thought of losing you, I have more to lose because- right. You're my best friend. You know, you're mine too. Well, so I, yeah, I think, but that may be why we have this perspective. But I also think that if we weren't in a good place, then we would be thinking about, you know, we, we're in our forties. Do we want to waste time or do we yeah. feel like we could find, happiness? I don't want to waste time. No. Right. And so I think so many people are operate as if they're, you know, going to live forever. Well, also like if you didn't listen to the previous two episodes, we talked about what happens to women as we age. Like you could have a broken vagina. Then like (laughs) I'm wasting my forties in a shitty relationship when I've only got a little bit more time to be having sex, protected or not. And same with a man like, you know, okay, well you got a couple more years in you before your testosterone's gone and you'd be popping Viagra to go on these dates. right? Right. So I don't know. I think that we need some relationship experts and some like therapists to come and <laughs> and help us walk through some hypothetical situational um, challenges that couples go through. Right. And I don't know. Relationships are hard. Uh, they can be very challenging. But, you know, as cliche as it is, I think communication is the biggest thing. Right. I and, was just going to ask you that. Like, do you if you had to name uh, out of the 12 things we talked about, which one is like the non-starter? Uh, I have so many non-starters. But like, what's the, like, okay, number, let's just say the top three. Communication and respect. Communication, respect. What else? Um, I want a partner. Okay. You gotta be at my level or higher, but we gotta be able to grow together. So personal development and growth. Okay. So super important. Sex is not a part of the top three. Yes. Sex is pretty important. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing, though. You got to sleep with people to figure out if your chemicals match. I mean, you get you get you know all of these, and you get a micro penis, and you're like, yeah, I'm I'm not okay with a micro penis. Well, (laughs) I'm just not. But does that is that when do you find it? It's a deal breaker, right? Okay, so then how what does that sound like? Hey, you hit all, you checked all the boxes. That's when ghosting comes in handy. (laughs) I I. I wouldn't have to say anything. And why would I say something that would be hurtful? Like, hey, right. this doesn't really work for me. I don't have to give you a dissertation. Like, right. it's not an exit interview. And it's not like a secret to the person no. either. They you know. You would know if right. things were great. And then you just. And then we had it. We had intercourse and it just didn't do it for me. You would know because right. you're the one with micro penis. Right, right. And then if I just don't call you, you would know why. Yeah. And that would break my heart because I would know that he would know why. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Is it hard to be a guy? Hard to be a guy? I, is it hard? Like if not, not. Is it, <laughs> <laughs> is it hard to be a guy if you're already insecure about that? I, I would, would think that it is. Yeah, I would imagine that that would be something that you know at some point is it's going to be, be a problem. Yeah. And, and so I think that at some point during your questions, you got to ask it before it gets too deep. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I mean, at some point, and for some women, it may not be a big deal. I mean, that it's size is always a question that gets thrown around. Like it, it gets does, thrown it, around and, by and, and women. I, and I always see that like it's like 50 50. It matters, it doesn't matter. It matters, it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, I kind of like it, feel like it, it does matter. <laughs> it matters. Yeah. Well, you know, 
Who are these people that are saying it doesn't matter? I mean, I'm just saying the the, the they over the course of time. Who's this in, invisible in, they? In, in the social, like all the social media and like you, you see the comments and people say it doesn't. I'm going to take does. a poll. Okay. Does size matter? And then you people lie. They say, they oh, will lie. it doesn't. Yeah. And then, you know, the reality is it, it really does. Well, they'd say the people that say it doesn't, that's probably because they have a healthy relationship with with a man that's got a small penis. Right. And so would you That's good. Would you say, "Hey, out of these 11 things, I'm willing to be lenient if the if sex is really great." No, cuz that's toxic. <laughs> that's toxic. Like, ah, I'm okay well, what, with the occasional disrespect, but hey, the D is good. You cannot. Like I but that I think I don't think but everyone thinks do. like that. I don't think men, everyone thinks like that. I think men compromise. You know, she's not the brightest tool in the shed. Well, let me tell you. I mean, men are, are shallow, and we, we right. right. Or we would you compromise on one of those eleven? Like, or are you like, hey, you I know think, what? She's not very good at uh, conflict resolution. She's a bit crazy. Uh-huh. She yells. You know, she loses her temper. That, that's not what I can do. Is that a non? Yeah, that's not a starter for me. I can't, I can't compromise that. Uh, one of the things I could probably say that collectively men would be able to compromise mm-hmm. is independence. Independence. God, so shallow. Yeah. I'm just, it's just the, re- yeah. the reality is, is like, if she's not that independent, you know, you're like, all right. And this is her <laughs> like ability to like balance personal interests and like, you know, take care of herself without a man financially right. support emotional support whatever you're saying I'm okay if she's a bit needy <laughs> as long as she's a freak in the bed I'm not okay with it I want them, <laughs> I want them all but I think <laughs> but I do think collectively if I were to survey men honestly yeah, I they would probably say that that's the one they can you know yeah you know be a little cuz no no man wants to be disrespected Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think any person wants to be disrespected, mm-hmm. but I think from an ego standpoint and testosterone and all those mm-hmm. things, disrespect is probably a, a top no go. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I also think that there's some people there are some men out there that are not great communicators. And so they not they not, they not value communication that high either. Yeah. So, well, there's this um, he's Paul Brunson is like one of the world's top matchmakers. And. He said that sex is an important factor mm-hmm. of relationships, but he recommended this book by Carol Reif, and she's a psych- psychological well-being expert, and she has this framework. She says there's six dimensions of well-being, and Paul basically says that if you follow these six dimensions, the best thing you can do to find your dream soulmate partner is to work on you being the asset, and oh, I, agree I agree with that, that a million percent. So he's like, if you are looking for love and you want to find the perfect partner, the best thing you can do is work on these six things yourself. Can I just because- say, I think that as we got better ourselves, 100%. our relationship got up. So I even think that people that are already in relationships, um, if you looked at yourself as an asset and say, hey, I want to improve what I offer, mm-hmm. then I think your relationship yeah. improves. I think that, do you remember, like there was a point maybe eight years in when I had to remind you, like, just so we're clear, I am irreplaceable. Yeah. Like, just so we're clear. (laughs) Like, there is nothing that you can find in a woman that's going to be better than what I bring to the table. Like, I literally told you that. I was like, I bring your family together. I love your mom. Like, I'm the reason for the success of our kids. I'm the re- I'm the cook. I'm the I do all of these things to make myself irreplaceable. You better fucking work on yourself. Yeah. Do you remember? I, that 100%. was hard. Yeah. And it was a tough time for us. But I'd say you really pulled through. <laughs> and I am like, OK, I'm here for it. But that's an important thing. I think that right. people should talk about your goal in a relationship, a partnership, a marriage. Your goal should be to make yourself irreplaceable 100 percent. and i think that if men did away with their ego and like if i had a if i had this crazy outward ego that just you know cloaked everything that i did that conversation wouldn't went well right but 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 it was factual it was factual and i think that for me it, it 
I looked at it as a challenge to become irreplaceable myself, right? right? Or to do things to, to add value to myself. Can I tell you one of the things that you did that was like the sexiest and like sealed the deal for me? Like, okay, we're going to work on this then. Because when I brought that to you, you were like, okay, shit you're right like I'll work on that and I was like yeah okay let's see if you work on that right you've we've been married five years whatever mm-hmm. and you stopped watching football basketball this and that and I was yeah. like what what happened why'd you cancel the direct tv <laughs> you usually watch football for four hours and right. you said I realized that I knew more about other players stats than I did my own stats and I'm gonna work on that I was like that's what the hell I'm talking about yeah I'm so proud of you. <laughs> like I tell that to a lot of guys who are like super into sports. I'm like, just make sure that you're keeping track of your own stats. And that was a just big... like, you know, their stats. And that was a game changer right. for you making yourself like the husband I needed you to be. So thank you. Yeah. And I, and I, I tell that to people all the time. You do. Oh yeah. I tell people and I, and it's not just the, you know, I knew more about, you know, LeBron James stats more than mm-hmm. I knew my own. It was also about like, I would find escape through playing video games I, instead of finding escape through improvement, mm-hmm. right? And, and not so much escape, but if, I, if things are not going well, then I probably need to figure out what it is I need to improve upon yeah. and open my mind to different things instead of shutting my mind off and playing video games and, and, and not improving. And yeah. so, yeah, so Make 100%. yourself an asset. You got to make yourself an asset. Yeah. You got to make yourself valuable. Why not tell that story more because people often ask us like what do you think the key to like a lasting relationship is we always say communication and that's a form of it but I really think like you should be constantly trying to work to outdo your partner from like a not like a competition because that could be bad for us we're both fierce competitors but like make yourself irreplaceable right and that is like the thoughtful little things you do are you touching your wife's ass when you walk past her are you giving her a hug are you like what are you doing? Like, right. bring something to the table, you know? Right. And what kind of conversation am I going to be able to have with you if all I do is watch sports? Yeah. Right. I mean, I do you it. care that I if didn't I... give a shit about <laughs> right. your stupid Madden, your freaking? Right. I was like pissed. And, I, and, and here's the thing. And, and I was I was doing fantasy football, several leagues, playing video games, like. I did all not like that, Eddie. Con- oh, yeah, I'm saying all too consuming. And when I look back, at it, it's the interesting thing is when I watch other people and I know that they're in relationships and I also know that they're in the thick of relationships when your kids are young and I see them playing video games on, like, on their breaks or all these kind of things and I just go, that's a recipe for disaster. But also, like I think in some cases, their wives or significant others, they don't have an expectation. Yeah. And the problem with them not having an expectation is that in your relationship, when you're trying to grow or you're trying to have prosperity and you're trying to have wealth, you're not having like the woman to me is a great is a great motivator to push you. Right. Because you're you're constantly like, I want to be attracted. I want to be I want you to be attracted to me. And I wanted you to make yourself attractive for me. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think we don't take responsibility for that. Like, I want to be someone you're attracted to. Like, I this is old school. And we're going to talk about this in the next podcast episode. Like, what is attractive to a man and a woman? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think we need honest answers from that. But my grandmother, who's 95, she was married for like 40 years. She's lost her husband in his, in his 70s, went on to have like other boyfriends who she loved. And she's just a great role model. You love her. I love her. But I remember when she was married to my grandfather, you know, she was a housewife. She raised four kids. But every single time it'd be like, oh, it's almost five. He's coming home. She'd go into her room. She'd make herself look presentable, put on heels instead of slippers. And she always took pride in like looking beautiful. Why? I think that some could say, well, that's sexist. That's like, oh, God, we've moved past that. Well, I don't want my husband to see me in a messy bun and my yoga pants every day, even though you do. There are certain times where I'm like, I want to put effort into my appearance. I want my body to look appealing. I want you to be attracted to me. And I don't want to be frumpy Mm -hmm. and someone that you're not sexually attracted to or turned on by. And so I take pride in making sure that I look decent, you know, when you come home. Um, Not so much like my grandma, (laughs) but, you know, like I want to look good. And And you should look good for me, too. A hundred percent. And I think that, you know, that 
investment in your time and your health and in, in, in your physical and how you look physically, I think is so important to yeah. the health of the relationship because it, it makes me, it, it tells me that you're not taking me for granted. And I'm not taking you for right. granted. Right. And I think that people get comfortable and they take it for granted. hundred percent. Last thing, and then we'll end it. But Carol Reif is a psychologist that says, if you work on these six things, you will be an asset to someone. So one is self-acceptance, right? Um, having a positive attitude towards oneself, your past, like all of the things acknowledging, um, like the multiple aspects of you. And I would say self-reflection, reflection too. But the next one's personal growth. Like, do you have a desire to continue to develop yourself and push yourself to your full potential? Mm. That's a huge turn on for me. 100%. The next one is, do you have a purpose in life? You've got to be in pursuit of something, right? People are looking for like multidimensional, all-encompassing people. So you got to have goals, a sense of direction, some sort of meaning or purpose that you are constantly in pursuit of. I think that that probably is one of the most important things. Meaning purpose, direction. Because I think it leads to you wanting to get yes. better in order to achieve your purpose or mm -hmm. your mission. And so being a mission-driven person, I think, is yeah. probably the most attractive thing that a person can do. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, number four is environmental mastery. So that involves the capacity to be effectively, to effectively manage and control a complex range of external activities. So do you go to the gym? Do you have like an active lifestyle? Are you great at your job? Can you manage a variety of situations? Um, do you pay attention to surroundings and opportunities? Like just, there's a lot of complexity to that, right. but environmental mastery are you winning at the game of life right is what i would call that right right i think that's good the next one's autonomy so it's characterized by self-determination independence and the regulation of behavior from within that's good right yeah. so um autonomously functioning individuals are self-endorsing and able to resist social pressures i love that me too yeah because i think they evaluate themselves by their own personal standards continuing to be raised. Yeah. Uh, I'm all here for autonomy. Because, you know, what that, to me, what that says is you have a person that has an in internal fire within them mm -hmm. to, you know, be their best selves, whatever it may be. And they're not easily swayed by the crowd. Mm -hmm. Because if you're in a relationship with someone that is constantly like, the crowds follows them. Then every time they go out with their friends, they're gonna come back as yeah. a different person. Every right. time they go, right? Every time something on social media, they want to mm -hmm. like move into now that you direction. Want a BBL. Yeah, and so all of yeah. a sudden, you got this person that, like, what is your internal standard? Mm -hmm. What like? And I think that that is so important because you, if you don't have that, then you have this superficial life that you're living based on the whims of right. what you Whatever see. Whatever you see. Yeah. And the last one, number six, is positive relationships with others. This is super important yeah. to me. How do you treat the server at the restaurant? How do you tip? How do you treat people that are strangers? Like, what is your response when you see a homeless person asking for money? Like, if, if, if I was with a guy... And he was like, you know, let's say you're, we're in L.A., so there's tons of displaced people. But if someone's asking for money and he looks and he's like, get a freaking job, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. No way. Right. Just I can't do it. 100%. Or some off-color comment about something like, I'm out. That's, so, that goes to that whole, that, that, that old uh, quote that Oprah used to say. People will tell you who they are. You just have to listen. Mm -hmm. Or people will show, show you, you who, who they, they are. are. You just have to mm -hmm. listen. And I think that when people tell you who they are, listen. Right. And I think that that is a moment where you say, if you treated this person that way, mm. at some point you're going to treat me that yeah. way. Mm -hmm. Right. Or you're going to treat our children that yeah. way. And are you going to treat my family that way? And I think that those are signs that you got to say, mm, red flag. Okay. I had a red flag moment and then we're done. Okay. But uh, a boyfriend I had, you know who he was, he had a little bit of money, was, you know, in real estate, whatever, had a really nice convertible Jaguar. And so we're driving around like in the, I think we were like in Santa Barbara or something. We, we come to a red light, the top's down, beautiful day. Like I'm thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. Right. 
and somebody pulls up next to us in like a Mustang convertible mm -hmm. and he makes some comment as the guy's like revving his engine, you know, whatever, let him do it. He's younger than you, whatever. He thinks he's cool. It's probably a rental. Who cares? He goes, please get a real sports car. I was like, <laughs> red flag, I'm out. Like that is so tacky. Like, cause you have a Jaguar. Shut the fuck up. Oh, I, oh, I was so turned off by it. So red flag. Glad I'm not with him. I'm glad I'm with you. So that's it. Those are the six things that you need to have. Um, but positive, healthy relationships, like again, how you're treating other people. Do you have warm relationships with people at the gym, with right. your family? How do you treat your mother? Are, are you good at empathizing with people? That's like part of, you know, that what's about what about affection, being affectionate or understanding. Um, and so those are the six things I think you got to work on if great. you want to level up. Yeah. Yeah. So make yourself an asset, ladies and gentlemen, and then do Love situational it. interview questions on the dates. <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next and episode. Have tryouts for sex. Yeah. Just to make sure you're compatible. <laughs> and size matters. All right. And push okay. through. <laughs> <laughs>